let's get back to talking about Adventures in Odyssey Rule 34. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I mean, what what couples do you want? Well, Connie well, slash I know, Wit. I know Rob wants Connie. Connie. I'm sorry. Connie anywhere. Connie Kendall is the hottest thing on the planet oh, to me. Oh shit. And always has been as long as I've been listening to the show. Yeah. Rob yeah. has always had a thing for redheads and ponytails. As that's a result. fair. I that's made fair. A horrible discovery that the <laughs> the actress that plays Connie, bless her heart. <laughs> Uh, she's done a bunch of voice acting all prior to yep. this, but the thing that shocked me the most was that she was the voice of the Maharaja in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Huh. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Wow. That kid was dubbed with- over with her voice. Like, I just never even considered the fact that the kid was dubbed over. Like, sure. of course yeah. he is. But, but then like when I was going through her resume before starting this, I was like, you were in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> you were the Maharaja. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Oh, I, it was like just just tunnel vision out of nowhere. Like my life is a lie, and that explains why that's my favorite Indiana Jones movie. All of a sudden, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, Connie, obviously, she's she's pretty bad. I get oh, it. Like, oh, babe, boy, I, I know what it's like. I've got a thing for Mrs. Met. I don't know <laughs> why. So many possible worlds. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the only podcast that puts the Kali Ma in Adventures in Odyssey. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And joining us today is my very good friend, Rob Mobley of the Villainology Podcast. Hey. And yeah. other things. What else do you do, Rob? Oh, well, I'm most definitely the absolute worst of all possible Robs, to be completely <laughs> frank with you. Yeah, I host the podcast Villainology. I am an actor, a writer, a Twitch streamer occasionally. Rob and I have worked on immersive theater projects before because we are all sinners in the eyes of the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing I've learned from Odyssey. That's all we had was just sin and Uh, debauchery. We worked at I don't even quite know how to describe it. It it was like a low quality imitation Meow Wolf. We Uh, tried. Yeah. (laughs) We we were great. My experience in Zero was that uh, I was in an art museum and every once in a while my friends would come up and silently beckon me into a back room uh, so really it was like any museum going experience for me oh that place Rob and I uh, there was a sex party that got hosted there oh yeah that's oh. And, and so, so Rob, Rob you and were I around. dressed I remember hearing about that in uh, in clean suits <laughs> mine was yeah. a fully sealed suit that was supposed to have an oxygen tank so I had like 15 or 20 minutes that I could be in it before we had to leave uh, and then we just sort of I don't know, like moonwalked around the place. Oh, and you could tell the people that were there were serious about their craft. Yeah. Uh, that they were the, like, there's no foolishness to be had in this area here. And meanwhile, we're walking around in hazmat suits like, <laughs> oh, OK, is it safe to walk in this room? Meanwhile, we're burning up inside. But you see these people wearing yeah. like leather straps and shit yeah, looking was, at us like the, the answer to that question is, of course, no, it is not safe to be in this room. Oh, uh, no. the, the one thing I think Eyes Wide Shut was missing was uh, moonwalking. 
Yeah. And hazmat suits. So since we have, yeah, since we have the villainology guy with us, we are talking about Adventures in Odyssey's greatest villain, which is, of course, the homosexual menace. No, wait, sorry. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's after Andre Stoika gets I mean, on the show. I mean, he is pretty flamboyant, um, to, to, to be clear. Like, he's, he he's is, very capable. But that's because he's Dutch. Right. Um, and that is Dr. Dr. Regis Blackard. For anybody who is listening to our show for the first time, uh, welcome. Uh, what we do is we talk about stuff that, generally speaking, is pretty terrible or differing degrees <laughs> of terrible. Uh, we analyze why it is so bad, and we try to imagine what a better world might look like. And, of course, one subset of this is our ongoing I don't know, investigation. Wits into, Endless Summer, baby. Yeah, Wits Endless Summer. And boy, howdy, and I'm, am I feeling it. Um, <laughs> you know, reviewing. I, I had done so much to set up the stakes, just like intro to this character, intro to this character, intro to this character, and this thread, all to bring it back to this moment where applesauce has been discovered and an evil child psychologist has come to town to open an arcade. <laughs> So, uh, and I still have the cases with me. I have all of the tapes. All the guys hell yeah. uh, in the chat can see my tapes. Can we get an F in the chat for the God. tapes? <laughs> that takes me back, though. Boy, howdy. Yeah, yeah like, Rob, see, tell us about see... your history with uh, Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah, how I did mean, you I... discover this evil Springfield? I, 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 oh God! I mean, I remember first being introduced to it when I was growing up. Uh, definitely in single digits, uh, we used to go on these road trips. My grandfather was a uh, an insurance salesman. They would have every year, end of the year parties where you'd invite grandkids, and it would always be in a big city like New Orleans oh, wow. or, or Memphis or, or Orlando, places like that. Yep. And they'd set you up in a resort, and they did all kinds of fun things. Um, now I remember every year we would go to this, and during these road trips to keep you know everybody pacified. Back when we had Walkman cassette tapes, everybody had one. They handed out Adventures in Odyssey. My cousins were really big into it. And I remember being passed a few and I was like, oh, I'll sure I'll listen to it. And I immediately was engrossed. I was full blown drawn into that yeah. world. And I, I couldn't tell you why. Like, I remember specifically like uh, Twists and Turns was a big one that I listened to a lot. Yeah. Uh, Harlow Doyle uh, P.I. was another one. Oh, the one that Castles and Cauldrons was on. I can't remember. Um, All those old albums have really long titles, so I can never remember. And, them. and for people who are not familiar with like the distribution of Adventures and Odyssey, these were sets of it was 12 episodes a piece, right? Six yeah, tapes so it was per two, album. Two, yeah, each 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 side had an episode um, and they were all pulled from the radio show. Yeah, I remember specifically there was one tape that I wore out and it was uh, it was a Connie Kendall doubleheader. Uh, it was uh, oh, 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 good old Connie Kendall, baby. You were rubbing um, one out while listening. Oh no, not no, that. No, he was writing very age. pure, I mean, I very chaste love letters right. and poems. You were you in your single digits. I apologize. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have sexualized <laughs> no. that. No, of course not. But it was like that that year of it was it was the tape of First Love and A is for Attitude. Those that was the one oh, that I listened yeah. to a lot. Specifically, A is for Attitude. Yes, yeah. A is for Attitude was one that was just like she. She got into her brain after watching, I guess, like a Dr. Phil-esque kind of show where this guy was like, you don't need to study. All you got to do is have a positive attitude about things. And she's like, great, I'm going to do that and not what? study for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hell from which there is no escape. I mean, that's pretty much what Wit says the whole time. Absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, so she ends up just ruining all of her friends' lives, trying to impart this <laughs> wisdom upon them. And then the other side with first love is about her, you know, for first falling in love with this football player who's not a Christian. And of course, Wit's like, oh, you can't be dating people that aren't Christian. And so <laughs> you got to be dating me. That's right, Brian. <laughs> like, that is correct. She essentially breaks up with him because he's not a Christian. He's yeah. like, uh, OK, I'll go to church if you want. Like, uh, OK. And she's like, that's not it. And of course, you know, you know, at that time, I'm just sitting there like, yeah. Sure, you got to be a Christian if you want to go and get with yeah. Connie Kendall. Come on now, <laughs> come on. And what I is feel this amateur like, hour. I feel like the, the 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 like the duality of that right there just perfectly sums up the duality of Adventures and Odyssey as a whole. Is like on the one hand, you have these kind of like fun, cute little like you know, it, it's a wacky little situation, and then on the other hand, you have this just dogmatic, super. <laughs> aggressive uh propagandizing to children basically it's it's, well, a, yeah. it's a wild thing and and that honestly at that point it, it obviously is a you know someone at that age it just kind of goes right over your head right. i mean and, yeah, and to be sure. honest well, all, and it's all, what you're already in too it's what you hear at church and at yep, home right. and at school and i mean and to be fair there are some things that they talk about in the show we're like yeah, yeah duh that makes sense to me those are some solid pieces of advice now you get to castles and cauldrons, however, <laughs> and I, I literally just I listened wait. to that. I just listened to this today. I really oh, I had yeah, to listen yeah. to this album in or that episode arc in like I want to say thirty or twenty five thirty years. It's been a so, long time. So and I remember AJ the, has not heard this show yet, and so we're so excited oh, we're for very when excited. we get to introduce that two parter to him. Or is oh, it? A three? There's a lot of there's a lot of build up for this castles and cauldrons episode. Yeah, I, I won't go into the details of the episode, except the first time I listened to it, it scared the shit out of me. It is terrifying. Like, like oh. genuinely to the point, like, yeah. like the, the sound design that goes into it. You're sitting there like, oh, my God, are they going to, like, murder these children? Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> holy crap, yo. To be fair, and, I felt that way when Wit uh, shoved that poor boy into the imagination station uh, last time. <laughs> Uh, I thought that boy was going to end up on the cross next to Jesus. <laughs> he I was going to be the other, the I other, mean, the other thief. They threw yeah. him into a Roman dungeon. They did. Like, they did it with a murderer. He came one step away from hanging Dig Willow up on Calvary. Good Lord. I um, mean, between that and, and the Left Behind series, they were really mm. trying to scar us as yeah, children yeah. in terms of in, like, in, oh, how can we scare these kids straight? And they succeeded. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's definitely uh, as I've been doing these episodes, because I also grew up with the series. Brian did. AJ did not, of course, which provides some delight. Catholic. But uh, I was a dirty papist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, listening to some of this stuff again, uh, some of it's pretty fucked up. And that to me feels like a very natural kind of place for us to pivot into talking a little bit about these episodes. Yeah. Um, so we start yeah. with the nemesis part one, the nemesis. So I have a clip that's pretty much the opening of Please it do. where uh, we learn that Regis Blackard, Dr. Regis Blackard, child psychologist is in town to open an amusement house. Would you mind explaining just what an amusement house is? <laughs> a house that amuses people, of course. In this case, children. Well, just what kind Obviously. of amusements are we talking about? Oh, any number of things. Uh, electronic devices, games, displays. Will you serve food? Yes, nothing big, just snacks, things of that nature. What nature? 
I love that Glossman is just like, is there food? <laughs> if so, how much? Is it tasty? Can May I, I have, have it? some? <laughs> Are they bar snacks? Are we going at all, like a la carte? Is this Are a prefix peanuts? menu? Is there is there sugar? Are there um, more than three flavors I'm of ice cream? I'm really hungry, guys. <laughs> and uh, if you've been listening to uh, Wit's Endless Summer up until this point, you will, of course, yes. remember Philip Glossman, or as I like to call him, Philip Grossman. Yeah, you came uh, up with that. Yeah, you. <laughs> that's uh, that. That isn't so much Brian and I. That's entirely Josh's. I want that put in, put down. <laughs> that's right in the that's record. Just, that's right. Glossman is going to bat uh, for Regis Blaggard in this town hall meeting, uh, and he's in front of the council, and he's like basically talking him up. And yeah. um, so the last time we saw Glossman was. Uh, four years ago in the flat, well, I guess five years ago now in the flashback where wit buys the old rec center to make wits end. Using right. a shadow Glossman corporate, is very much money. Yeah. Yeah. He's very opposed to this. He didn't want the rec center to go up. He wanted this place to get bought by a mini mall concern that was going to set up a video rental in an arcade. Right. Um, and so here he is, uh, with someone who's proposing an arcade. I guess no video rental. You know, when I think I want to, you know, I'm Adventures in Odyssey. I'm focused on the family. I want to, like, appeal to kids. What's going to be a plot that gets them out of their seats? And, uh, you know, the first thing that my mind goes to is business permits. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a exactly. civil it's, procedure. It's like the beginning of, of episode one. Like, what better way to start a movie than, than intergalactic trade disputes? Yeah, Come yeah. On. No. We got to get some tax laws that'll get that's that, right. that'll push. That's right. I do want to say though that kids will get drawn in immediately by the rapturous, deep tones of Earl Boone's voice acting. It oh, is yeah. out of this he world. Is so for people who don't know, Earl Boone has a host of credits. You know, he's he's the guy that you go to if you can't get Tony Jay. And then sometimes Tony Jay is the guy you get if you can't get Earl Boone. Um, he played Dr. Silberman in the Terminator movies. He did. And he was Sergei Gerlukovich in Metal Gear Solid 2. What? He sure was. Yes. He sure yeah. was. <laughs> You, he, he's a voice you hear and you're like, I've heard this before. And odds are yeah. you have. He's yeah. been in almost like every major franchise, uh, either video game or movie of like the, you know, it's somewhere in there. You will have seen him in the past yeah. 20 years. You're right. He does. He and Tony J definitely have a very similar timbre. Like, I remember the yeah. first time hearing his voice. I was like, is this the guy that did Frollo? Here's one little thing that I just love. It's just a single exclamation by Regis here. Mm. <laughs> that, what else do you need? Ooh. That that deep low rumble, that yeah. little like slightly effeminate. God, yes, that's just so hot. Oh, it's so yeah, uh, truly like insane that there isn't more Rule Thirty Four about Blackguard. Just with yeah. that clip alone. <laughs> what we find when we get into the back and forth, when we really get into it again, is that Blackguard wants to open this establishment called Blackguard's Castle, which is this going to be this? Uh, it's going to be an arcade. Uh, which is very different from the kind of wholesome stuff they do over at Wit's End. And so there's a bit of a concern about and he, this. And he's serving junk food, which right. is awful if if it's not like 1930s junk yeah, food. Yeah, I was like going to say, Wits unlike the ice like cream that they sodas. serve at Wit's End in the sodas. <laughs> like, what? I love the um, way that Blaggard says snacks. He says, yeah. uh, well, what are you going to serve there? Oh, you know, snacks. <laughs> um, so Wit holds up the vote by a week. He successfully is like, look, Obviously, your proposal isn't as clear as it could be. So 
Would you be willing to come back in a week? Yeah. And then we can but actually Whit do the vote. also like goes to bat for Regis. Right. He, like, he, he, says, like, he, he thinks like Regis's thing sounds kind of fine, which I right. thought was interesting. Or at least he acts like he thinks yeah, it's fine. I also thought fine. it was interesting that Tom, right out the gate, Tom is just like, fuck you. Right. You're not opening shit in my fucking town. I'm just a simple farmer, man, but I'm not going to see any video equipment around any child I've ever known. Oh, my God. What are well, these lights? That. I didn't sign up for this. Come the first commercial break, uh, Chris refers to him as the evil the Dr. Yeah, Lager. Yes. yes. Like you just I'm give like, it away. What are you doing? We've been like sitting here trying to establish, oh, you know, maybe he's not as bad as he is. Let there be a turn. But you just like spoiled the, like, okay, cool. I guess he's evil now. Awesome. Well, to be fair, the, the very moment that Wit and Tom leave t- Town Hall, Regis immediately does like an evil aside to Glossman where he's like, mm-hmm. Well, you'll never run this town without me. And it's like, what, what? <laughs> so then what ends up happening uh, is we get back and we see uh, Rob, your favorite, uh, Connie Kendall, who uh, she's <laughs> got to love her. And she's back. Connie from camp. Kendall fan cam. Uh. <laughs> she's back from camp. So Wit has done a fucking number on this kid. Um, oh, yeah, the poor thing. She, she is. Uh, just I so think this is also the first time we, as in this podcast, I think she's been on before that we have met Connie's mom. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Got some um, real uh, Helga G. Pataki's mom vibes from this mom. Yeah. A lot of uh, smoothies with ice <laughs> clinking around in it, if you know what I mean. When, <laughs> when, when Connie talks to her mom, her mom is like trying to like get her to just chill out, maybe at least a little bit, maybe provide you know, something with a little bit of ice in it for her. Um, yeah. Yep. But uh, Connie is just like so guilty. She feels so guilty about how she got fired. And she's like, yeah. I don't know if I can go back to wit. And the whole yeah. thing is played. And, and, and to recap, Connie and Eugene got fired because they used wits talking computer in his office uh, and activated a program. He said, don't touch called applesauce which is 100% a CIA thing, and we'll actually get into that later. Sure will. And they touched it, so they got fired because they broke wit's end. Uh, Eugene went to a community college, had some deal with Richard Maxwell, came back. Uh, Connie went to camp and then had to punish Lucy Cunningham Schultz because she, like, skipped out a couple times and she had to expel her. So now Connie's back home, unemployed, and sighing a lot, really unconvincingly. As you do. So... Connie's mom tells her to, you know, just sort of follow her feelings. Very squishy. Yeah, which is interesting because Connie's mom is not a Christian. Right. And, at and this when, point in the series. And this is pointed up. This is very yeah. much pointed up in the way that she and delivers so she's those like, lines. Well, you have your feelings. You have your heart. You should follow your heart and see where that leads you. And also leave me alone. <laughs> she's very clear about halfway through the conversation that she's just like, God, I don't care. You're annoying. Get out of my house, Connie. <laughs> Mommy has to have her morning Midori. <laughs> <laughs> so then Richard Maxwell shows up at wit's end. Um, oh, and my he's, God. And he's asking to see Eugene. Okay, and, hold yeah. on. Richard Maxwell. I was not aware that he was like a teenager. Yeah, neither was that I. is not the <laughs> voice of a teenage <laughs> no. boy. No, it's not. And this and the actor, bless him. Uh, oh, God. What's his name? Um, uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> um, Nathan Carlson. 
He, he voices several characters on this show. Yeah, he's show. also Lucy's dad. He was he's, the dad in that oh, really awful oh, that, scene in the evolution the episode. Guy. Wow. He's, he's yeah. Lucy's dad, and he plays um, a, the, the main character in Castles and Cauldrons. Okay. So oh, when you that's get, right. So when Jimmy's you get cousin. Because I remember oh. revisiting that. I'm like, is... Is that Richard Maxwell? <laughs> how, how are they? In, how how are these people twelve years old? <laughs> hey, uh, you guys want to play some con- cauldrons and cal- fuck it? I couldn't. I mean, I think I think the voice of Rodney Rathbone was like fifty. Uh, the um, man sounds like he's forty-five. Apparently, is actually a teenager, and uh, has showed up to wit's end to try to find Eugene and again yep. at, at the college that Eugene was working at before he got rehired at wit's end. Richard Maxwell was running a grade changing scheme where he would have people pay him off to change the grades. And then he yep. forced this orphan, oh, an actual <laughs> orphan, by the way, <laughs> to change the grades in the computer so that his hands would be clean. Yes, yes. He, he, he destroyed a preteen orphan's life to make a few bucks on a Insane. grade changing scheme. And let's just hear another clip of Richard interacting with a child. Yes, please. Know me? We used to work together, ain't that right, Maltzy baby? We were briefly employed with the same organization. <laughs> we were briefly employed with the same organization. You cracked me up. We worked with the five C's. The five C's? What's that? Well, Campbell Always County Community College Computers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, and, and cute, too. <laughs> he should be on a hey, list. Gina, she's all right. Put him he's, on a list. He's uh, hitting on her. you want about your tasks? He means go have a good time. Eugene, babe, you got to learn to speak English. Run yeah. along now, Lucy. Yeah, Eugene, oh, you got to learn to speak English. Uh. Hi, Richard. So, so long, Jutz. <laughs> Nice kid. Yes, she is. Put, Put him in prison. Put him in jail. In the under listening to under the fucking jail. Uh, but but he I, but if he's uh, also a teenager, Lucy, it, let me tell you about my good friend Regis Blackard's private island in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Richard Blackard's been on the Lolita Express. Uh, <laughs> he's in Epstein's little black book. I mean, so is Wit. But we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if, 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 if we're comparing them to anybody, if Blackard is Voldemort. Richard Maxwell is 100% umbrage. He is just the worst human yeah. being on the planet. Correct. <laughs> Ugh. And yeah. actually, this this would be an interest. So I don't want to quite dig into Maxwell's entire thing quite yet, because I want to talk a little bit more about like yeah. where these episodes go. But yeah. I am very interested, Rob, to sort of hear your take on the villainy in this episode and the character of, of, of Maxwell, because he really is kind of ultimately Blaggard is the big bad, but they're setting him up for something bigger later on. Maxwell is, I would argue, the primary driver of this story. He's the one who makes everything happen. Well, he's the devil you know. He's right. the one that is the man, the actual manipulator, the one that actually gets you to do the things that you don't want to do. I mean, yeah, is Blaggard kind of the, the puppet master of it all? Sure, 100%. He's the one that's pulling all the strings. But, but Maxwell is the one on the ground. He's the one that you know that just keeps pushing you. Just a yeah. little bit more, just to do a uh-huh. little bit more for him. No, it's mm-hmm. everything's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But listen, are you, can you just do this one little thing for me? This one little thing, and it just it just keeps going forward and forward. And that's the one. That's what feels more realistic to me. Yeah, yeah. that feels like someone everybody has met at least once in their life, if not multiple times. Yeah, yeah that, I, that to me that feels re- like real villainy unto itself. That feels like true nefarious narcissism. Yeah, yeah. He's also a pedophile. I mean, well, I mean yeah. yeah. So, 
<laughs> There's that too. But Which, wh- how old is he? Do we actually know how old? The only yeah. thing they say is that he's a teenager. Uh, maybe on the AO wiki, there's a canon age. Well, a 19 uh, year old's a teenager. Like, uh, like, like yeah, Eugene is like true. 16 and a genius, and then uh, uh, Nicholas was 12 and a genius. But Richard seems like he's 18. He's like probably he's 18. Like he's How old is Lucy age. at the time? She's like, Lucy's she's like, like nine, right? Yeah. I th- oh I my think god! She's 10 oh at this point. no! That oh god! Yeah, no, really? It's, it's not. It's it just not gets cool. worse the more you look into it. Yeah. Because she and Connie are like. They, they, it seems to imply that they're like really good friends in this episode. Well, so I thought so they th- were. This is why ages. hearing the camp episode probably would have helped a little bit, but it was a two-parter. I just wasn't going to do that. Um, uh, <laughs> Lucy so was a camper at the camp while Connie was the. The counselor. 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 Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And sometimes, right. you know, like the difference in age can be very small. It can be a single year, but but she is she's like late elementary, early middle school age. It's clear that Maxwell is like you were saying, Rob, like he's got information that he's going for and he's going to play every angle he can to get that information. Specifically, he knows about applesauce. Which, as we because Eugene just keeps talking about it openly, even though Wit was like, never talk about this to anyone ever. <laughs> Eugene's just like, oh, applesauce, applesauce. Uh, I felt so bad about it, so I just gotta tell you. So, well, you gotta sit there and wonder if, like, they're sitting around at dinner one day, and Eugene and Richard are just sitting there, and that's uh, Eugene's like, mm, applesauce, applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody's gonna ask me about mm, applesauce. And Richard's finally like, okay, what? What is applesauce? <laughs> Awesome. Just, just goddamn tell me what it is. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of hearing love, you just... I love that your version of Eugene, Rob, is a gay man in the Texas panhandle. <laughs> I mean, listen, isn't he, though? Isn't he, though? I, uh... I guess my big question is, uh, even if somebody asks him what applesauce was, uh, could he tell them? Because I'm not 100% sure. Did Witted invent Google? Is that what it is? It's unclear. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) The real answer to this is so insane, AJ. You just have to discover it for yourself once we meet Jason and Tasha and get to that side of the story. I I can't wait for it. I I guess it just it kind of ruins the villainy of Blackguard for me that I don't know the thing that he's after. That the writers clearly have no idea what they want to do with any of this yet. They just wanted to have a villain all of a sudden. And the pieces do come into like the, the, yeah. they are setting up the pieces for a puzzle that they weren't sure that they were building yet but they did manage to make this pay off in a somewhat interesting way later on yeah. i think um so yeah between the whole situation with applesauce and maxwell going around being like what do you know about applesauce <laughs> uh when when lucy develops a crush on richard maxwell and maxwell is clearly grooming her nobody so- does anything about it no, like Eugene makes a couple of pointed comments to him that's like, we'd like for her to stay a good kid. Like, he's just like, don't make her bad. Not the don't be around her ever. Ugh. You are not allowed to share the air that this child is breathing. Like, just ban him from the fucking premises. This guy's yeah. obviously up to no good, but he keeps fucking coming back to wit's end. Bizarre. It makes yeah. you wonder if Odyssey had an like, age limit. The town? Yeah, just the town <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> itself. Because it's like, you got to wonder if like there was like a statute of limitations or anything like that. Or if there was like an actual <laughs> level of just like, oh no, people just, yeah, it just happens around here. I mean, look, if you if you do look <laughs> at the Ma- town. Mary, Mary was 14 years old. If it's good enough for Mary, it's good enough for everybody else in this yeah, town. They just, they just Odyssey, Odyssey is the only municipality in the United States of America to have its own age of consent. <laughs> 
Well, if you look at it, that that Wit is actually a cult leader, and that he that yeah. Odyssey is the yeah. town of his That's cult. A good point. That That's he good could point. very easily implement an age limit, right? Uh, which seems to be the case because we're only now meeting these parents that are like slowly being let back in, but only after the kids convert to Christianity. <laughs> right. His level of sway over this. I mean, going back to the very beginning of him like being able to stave off the vote for a week. His level of sway in this town for just owning an ice cream parlor. He, I mean, Wit is Homer's idealized version of Poochie. Whenever he's not on <laughs> mic, everyone's like, where's Wit? Well, it, it is so interesting because, yeah, you, you don't run into adults that much. You never see the pastor. Yes, uh, which is very important. Ever. But the elders of the church, like Wit and Tom Riley, they're always around. And, and the whole wisdom of odyssey and of this community is just like here's these old men who hang around with children this is what our society should look like like these kids aren't even around their own fucking parents and this is supposed to be a company called focus on the family yeah <laughs> and they're just hanging out at this guy who's like i'm an ice cream maker with an inventing background <laughs> and shady government contracts he's he only makes three flavors of ice cream he's not an ice cream maker <laughs> if all he can do is chocolate strawberry and vanilla Christ, at least a mint and chip. I'm still so hung up. Those are the only flavors in the Bible, AJ. That's right. And you don't mix them. There's no well, Neapolitan no. option. He has an imagination <laughs> station. He has an imagination <laughs> station and still can't come up with three more flavors. It's a gulag. It's a brainwashing gulag. You can't gulag. have Neapolitan ice cream because that's papist. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Catholics did lay claim to the Neapolitan ice cream. That's why we set up Vatican City in the middle of Italy. So that's why that happened. Yeah. That's why. So we got the Neapolitan ice cream all the time. I to church near Napoli and pick up my ice cream. We mix the flavors. We go into space. Woohoo. Uh, so uh, just okay. just to kind of wrap up then, because we really we are basically at the end of this episode. Like this, yeah, this episode is two nothing, episodes are pretty light. Yeah, especially the first one. It's nothing but putting the pieces into place, but. Um, um, where we end at the end of this episode is again, Connie is like, oh, I miss you. Um, Eugene is being uh, threatened, question mark, by Richard Maxwell. Uh, Regis Blaggard is a bad, bad dude. Uh, and it all ends with Connie. Richard and Connie go to Blackard's castle. Right. And they're walking around like this darkened, massive room full of like powered off arcade machines. And then you hear the voice again. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I just want to make a couple more points about Regis Blackard, too. Like, I, I love the, the fact that they emphasize his child psychology background because yes. that is like he's a doctor. to the world of focus on the family. This is the most evil thing you can be, which is funny in part because James Dobson is a child psychologist, was a practicing child psychologist before he started writing the books about how you should beat children. But he's the only good one. I, I mean, I don't know if you if you guys experienced this growing up, but uh, I, I remember once uh, going to some sort of reunion thing with my parents and their class from Oral Roberts University. And they were like, oh, yeah, one of them was like, my son is going into studying psychology and everyone around was like oh that's kind of um it's a hard place for a christian to be it's a it's a godless godless world it's a godless profession why um, they they have See, this I got image that with that, lawyers i don't know if i ever got that with psychologists <laughs> where like people who believe in psychology and then of course children psychologists um 
they don't believe they believe too much in science that they've they've gotten rid of God because the psychology has just ruled God out entirely. It, it, there there is a a, huh. a bit of a an evangelical dog whistle here. That's not necessarily universal. It's not like everyone is like, oh yeah, psychologists, boo. But sure. it's it's there. Part two, we start out, um, and basically Connie is getting grilled at Blaggard's Castle by Dr. Blaggard himself, who is clearly trying to pump her for information about applesauce, the topic of the day. I love that Richard is just blowing it, too. Like, Blaggard's asking these, like, slightly leading questions, but kind of sailing along with it. And then Maxwell's like, yeah, yeah, what's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, back off, LeFou. Let her talk. <laughs> and the angle that um, Blaggard is playing here is, well... It sounds like Wit doesn't, you know, actually trust you at all. And it sounds also like you were unfairly penalized for something that wasn't really your fault, which is, by the way, 100% accurate. Yeah. yeah. Eugene was originally entrusted with access to this secret computer, uh, which runs this secret program called Applesauce. He left the door open and Connie happened to come across it. And then she went in there to try to use the computer to fix something because yep. of the fact that because Wit has two employees to handle this like three story attraction. Employees, by the way, <laughs> yes, yeah. no one even remotely no no one qualified. And so somehow Wit and Eugene are gone, and Connie is managing the entire place, and everything's <laughs> fucking up because Wit is bad at programming computers and decided right. to centralize the entire building he doesn't have enough employees to actually be on every level of wit's end at once he has to have one person constantly darting between the second and third floor uh just to make sure there's an eye on everything at minimum wage so ultimately you know what everything that blaggard uh, is saying is completely true but we as the audience are supposed to be like no wit's nice Um, he has the evil voice that narrated warcraft has the good judgment granted to him by the lord by the lord right no of course And so Blackguard actually ends up offering Connie the job on the spot and Richard a job to work at at Blackguard's castle. Right. And then Richard's like, yeah, yeah, work here. Yeah. Yeah. And but then but then Blackguard's like, she won't work here. Whitaker's hold on her is too great. (laughs) So then we have. Yeah, we get this. She leaves and we get this great conversation between Maxwell and Blackguard. And what about Tom Riley? Well, uh, I'm not so sure about that. I mean. Well, manipulating kids is one thing, but that's that too much. That sounds so weird. It's bad. What? <laughs> like that's worse. That's worse. Doing stuff to kids is worse than doing it to uh, adults. But I love, I love Blackard's little turn. Too much. You silly little coward. What? You dare even think about disobeying my orders? Just remember, my fine young man, that I hold your future. We both know you're guilty of far worse acts than changing the grades of a few eggheads at the college. Perhaps you'd like me to pick up the phone and tell the authorities about them? No, no, no. Please. That's better. (laughs) Did Richard Maxwell kill a man? I'm going to need people like you when I take control of this town. Did Richard Maxwell kill a man? He's like, all the worst things you've done. It's definitely implied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he's a teenager. So, like, when well, did he do that? And one how? Epi- the, the, the actual first episode with Richard Maxwell, which I didn't include um, in our previous episode, he does work as an orderly at a nursing home. And clearly he lost that job and ended up at the community college. So Just pillow on the face. Go to sleep. <laughs> Give me your millions. <laughs> 
I'd ask to what end, but we know what end. Wit's end. So anyway, is wit is oh my here's my guess. Here's my guess about what uh the good doctor wants. Is he like wit's like identical twin that wit doesn't know about? Like is he like is that the evil side that we're going for? I got kind of a sense that it was like an old like I'm like there's going to be I'm your brother reveal at some point. Am I am I warm? Am I close? You are not warm. You are not warm no, at all. He, he's just he's God, just kind God of the, he's just kind of like the nega wit, right? Like he's bizarro. Yeah, wit. he's just extremely evil and believes that children shouldn't be it's, hit. It's 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 focused um, on the families like, "Oh, we're going to have God versus Satan in our town. Yeah. I just feel like, Rob, you talk a lot, uh, you know, on your podcast about how you really want to know where a villain's coming from. And that's what kind of makes a villain, you know, compelling. And I'm just right. constantly looking for some motivation beyond I'm evil because I'm evil, you know, and I don't I don't know. It, 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 he has I, such I, a good voice. I want him to be better. You know what I mean? I want him to be a better villain because his voice is so good. <laughs> Well, and, and that's the thing about about this particular villain, I find, and, and and with most of the characters in Odyssey, I feel like it it is at its bare bones a melodrama. It is yeah. a uh, hmm. it's it's one of those where it's not that deep, and and <laughs> like as much as you want to go deeper with it, as much as I would love for there to be like, okay, cool, this is Wit's background, this is where he comes from. Um, this is why he's this way. And there is a little bit of flexions of that, like with his background mm-hmm. as to why he developed applesauce and why he chose to move to Odyssey and whatnot. But when it right. comes to Blackguard, yeah, the Vietnam War and all that in the Vietnam War, there's like a, they, they do build like a pretty extensive backstory with him. Yeah. But in terms of Blackguard, it's just kind of like, well, we needed an antithesis to him. That wasn't Connie anymore. Yeah, because that wasn't Connie anymore because Connie is too hot to try yeah. and <laughs> we made her a Christian now. So we yeah, blow it. Um, we just got to focus on making Eugene a Christian now. I, I think that they, they get a little bit more robust with Blackguard. I think he just gets more interesting without getting more like morally or emotionally complex. Yeah. Um, but even without giving anything away towards the end of his saga, one character kind of tries to figure out his motivation and just comes across as uh I just think he's a megalomaniac, wants money and a lot of power. Yeah, it's, um, it's, you're just like, oh, it's very black and white yeah. with him. I mean, very later on, blackguard, blackguard and, and white, wit and wit. That's, wit. that's it. It's that's that's the show. <laughs> it's that's the show, folks. So what ends up happening then after uh, Connie is like, I'll think about it. She leaves, and again, at this point, it's pretty clear that you know Blackguard's correct. She's not going to take that job. Her heart is in wits cold dead clutches thank you uh (laughs) and they go back and forth for a while uh maxwell and blaggard and they come up with this plan basically to be able to incapacitate somehow both wit and time riley in time for the vote that's of course going to be uh going down at town council uh, about whether or not they should grant the C of O to Blackguard's Council. And again, there is nothing that kids love more than a town council vote rigging. Can we talk about this horse scene? Let's talk about the horse scene. Let's- oh, man. Yeah, so Tom Riley has two horses named Rachel and Leah, which I guess he's just done as some sort of sick game because he just treats Rachel better than Leah and gives her more <laughs> treats so that Leah gets jealous, just like the Bible characters. It's the Bible. And Wit just plays along. Oh. <laughs> I just thought it was the 90s and everyone was getting the Rachel. See, this is the problem, AJ, is that 
because you're Catholic, you don't know the scripture well enough. That's um, true. We, we, I mean, yeah, we mostly focused on <laughs> the family on new te- on New Testament stuff, unless a lot of oh. the a lot of the old the Old Testament stuff was uh, most left out. Or I fell asleep honestly during Mass all the time. It's an hour long. They make you stand up and do calisthenics. It's it's terrible. They're out at Tom Riley's barn feeding the horses. And uh, they just talk for what feels like an interminable amount of time, honestly. Yeah, about about how Tom needs to go easier on Regis Blackard and how Wit needs right. to forgive Connie. And then Maxwell returns to Wit's end again and keeps chatting up Lucy. Bad, and I wrote, bad. how is no one clocking this grown ass man? Or at least I thought it was a grown ass man. Later on, we find out that he's a quote unquote teenager. But how is no one clocking this guy walking around and hitting on kids? Yeah, like just bad vibes. But like this is this is evangelical. Ohio in 1989 this is just oh we're still in 89 they're they're fine with that all the children hang out with old men there must be nothing else to do in Odyssey if Lucy is always (laughs) at wit's end like there's there's not a community pool there's not like a roller rink there There was supposed to be but then Wit's right. wife died and became an angel, and uh, she wanted to build a community center. That's, that's blasphemous, right. AJ. The dead don't become angels in uh, evangelical theology. But no, you're exactly right, AJ. If if Jenny had had her way, we would have a proper community center, but instead we have this weird house uh, with a Bible room. Mm-hmm. And trains. Yep. Admittedly, though, I bet those trains are dope as hell. Yeah, it's a I would absolutely go look at those trains. Yeah. yeah. But he also has a time machine that can fully <laughs> generate full people with full that consciousnesses. Can just program a child's brain. Yeah. On into the spot. loving Christianity. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, to be fair, if I walked into a place and they said, hey, we got a time machine in here, would you like to use it? I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. can, can, can can I put in any time? Oh no 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 no! You can only go from one AD back. You can't go. You cannot go anywhere post like one hundred AD. You can't do that. And I'm like, but was it? But all like the cool stuff happens then. Like what? What is there to do? Like back in that time, I'm a I'm a white guy. I'm gonna stick out like a sore thumb in the Middle East. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there? A, wasn't there a, an episode where? Wasn't there an episode about like uh, Abraham Lincoln? They, they do some War American history like stuff, which is yeah. you know this the 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 Third Testament. Right. Um, that's the, it was, um, yeah. That's the only part that's allowed. Um, <laughs> they visit Joseph Smith. The Dark Ages actually did last from the from 1200 through 1776 all of yeah. that was the dark ages <laughs> and then light and then on the continent the americana <laughs> so yeah richard and lucy they they come up with this scheme well lucy doesn't think it's a scheme she thinks she's helping connie and wit and she kind of is they get connie is, yeah. and wit to reunite on a bridge by tom riley's farm and then also tom riley as he's heading out to the town council meeting Richard just goes and sets the barn on fire. Sets his barn on He commits arson. Sure arson and, and almost and, kills both horses. Yeah. And then Tom is like, oh, shit, and drives back. And then Wit and Connie are at the bridge like, shit. And then they run over to the barn. And then we get our, our little uh, business license scene. And the first item on the agenda is the vote to grant a business license to uh. Dr. Regis Black. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the episode ends <laughs> like um where they find tom riley passed out yep. of like smoke inhalation i'm like he almost died yeah. like th- th- that would have been arson murder uh i mean wh- I, what would you, what would you call 
the murder of two horses, the killing of two horses, or just animal cruelty, animal cruelty, equicide. Yeah, th- th- that's that is so many. That's so much crime. That's, that's so that's like much three, crime. That's three Peter Schaefer plays. Yes. <laughs> It also doesn't make sense. So, like, because I want to step, I want to step back here and talk about the logistics of this plan. Can we talk about that? Please yeah. do, because I got like, lost. So the it. plan, as executed, and this is clearly actually Regis Blaggard's plan uh-huh. that that Maxwell is executing, is is twofold. Uh, number one, coordinate a meeting between Wit and Connie on this bridge that's halfway out of town, in the direction of Tom yes. Riley's farm. Uh, right at the exact same time that the council meeting is scheduled to start. That's 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 part one. Part two is burn Tom Riley's <laughs> barn to the ground. Yeah, it's not it's not that sophisticated. If they wanted to make it so that they couldn't get the meeting to slam through the vote, there are so many other ways they could have done this <laughs> that wouldn't require property damage or at least not significant property damage. Right. Or death for that matter. Like, yeah. Four people voted in favor of Blackguard's castle and they had the one abstention because Tom was absent. They didn't need to do this. Yeah, like, <laughs> Tom Riley is not convincing enough to have stopped that vote. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, does it have to be a unanimous vote in order for it to pass, or does it just quorum that's just have to be, to be reached? What are the Roberts rules for this town? <laughs> I had the same <laughs> question. I had the exact same question. I was like, would would not the absence of 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 of, of at least a member in a situation like this, especially if they're unaccounted for, would that not be an issue where you could potentially say we don't have a quorum for this? Well, this is a you want to be asking of a children's program you were you were talking about that and i'm like now yeah i actually am genuinely interested how does the government of odyssey function how do these people survive rob i don't think it does i really don't think it does most of the time they only convene when they come up with a new age of consent law that brings it lower so this the the rest of it that was the last quorum they had it's it's like that that scene that that, the one episode of the twilight zone where rod serling shows a map of the united states and everything just disappears except for this one little circle and they said this is where our story takes place i'm convinced odyssey takes place in a post-apocalyptic world nobody exists outside of odyssey it's like lost it's the island that's where you go when you die this yep, place right. should not exist yeah. by natural law. Well, we've oh we've talked God. a little bit about how this show actually does resemble Lost in certain ways and that whenever they say like the Lord wills it or it's like God's will, it's the, it's just saying, well, the writers will in the way that <laughs> on Lost they would say, you know, the island wants this or the island wants that. It's like, oh, no, the writer's room wants this. The writer's room wants that. Uh, and I, I love that theory because it means that every time they've gone to like Los Angeles or they've like taken like uh, tours to like New York or something, it's just the people of Odyssey driving a bus in a really big circle and then coming back and it's just Odyssey again but like decorated like LA or decorated like Los I, Angeles. I love that you're becoming a flat earther for the Odyssey universe. <laughs> I want to be clear exclusively for the Odyssey universe and also for ours. Uh, look I, we're surrounded by ice and I just really wish you guys would wake up to that fact. So when they meet on the bridge, <laughs> Connie tells Wit about how at camp she finally dared to discipline and I swear you can hear Wit's boner. Well, Lucy and another girl were caught outside their cabins after hours, and I had to send them home. I didn't want to. I even gave them both a chance the first time they did it. But if I learned anything from getting fired, it's that there's a reason for rules, and when you break them, you have to suffer the consequences. Really? Yeah, I really... What did I say? What are you smiling about? <laughs> Connie, the reason I hired Eugene back is because I saw firsthand that he understood why I fired him. You've just shown me that you understand, too. 
<laughs> Rob your face right now. I just, man. He's nutting. He's nutting. Really? <laughs> I would, I think uh, that we're about ready for our commercial break, but I would like to take us out into the commercial um, the way that Chris uh, takes us out uh, at the end of this episode. Yeah, please do. I want to hear it. Uh-oh! Hello! It's-a me, the Pope. Do you like the ice cream? Vanilla? Chocolate? The strawberry? Do you like a mix them all together like a firework in your book? Then come on down to Vatican City Ice Cream Parlor and Pop Milk Emporium, where you can sample some of the finest ice cream in all of Italia, made from the milk pumped straight from a tea to the Pope. We use a nothing but the most natural flavors, combined with milk lovingly coaxed from one of my 96 nipples, stretched out evenly over my bristling thorax. It'll melt in your mouth, like the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. After all, who could forget what Jesus said unto Peter after trying some of Peter's ice cream? Peter, my son, you must never tell anyone where you got this milk. This milk that you've squeezed from the nipples of popes that have been growing under Rome since time immemorial. You must never tell anyone that you have hundreds of popes locked in a complex series of tunnels and caverns underneath Vatican City where there is no sun, there is no rain, there is only milk. Vatican City Ice Cream Parlor and Popamelka Emporium. We put the Paul in Neapolitan. Well, we're back, folks. And we are on The Battle, Part 1, where shit gets real with Dr. Regis Blackard. And we start out here at Blackard's Castle. So, speaking as a professional, what does the great wit think of Blackard's Castle? Well, it's rather... Maddening, isn't it? I love the Galaga oh, sound mean effect. The noise. Well, it was a bit disturbing at first, but as I'm sure you know, you get used to it after a while. Do you always let the kids run wild like this? Children are free spirits, after all. They have to have room to play. Agreed, but there still needs to be some order, even in play. Nonsense. Children already have too much structure in their lives. At home, at school, church. What they need is freedom. Pure, uninhibited fun is what we teach here. Like uh, Madame Auger's astrological <laughs> forecaster? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I take it you don't approve of that either. Well, do you really think it's wise to present the occult as a plaything, Dr. Blackie? The occult? Oh, come now. Aren't you overreacting just a bit? No, yes. no, you're. he's not overreacting. Madame Auger. Madame Auger is a doorway the to hell. Occult? Who... Who pronounces occult? It's occult. Occult. Just, yeah. Just say it's the occult. Like occult. The like occult. <laughs> it's not, it sounds like a, a man exclaiming that he sees a horse. Occult. Occult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- this is actually well. I've saved this episode and cordoned it away for some other time. But there, there's one episode where Wit loses his shit over a rabbit's foot. What? Oh, this stuff is 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 so prevalent, especially in these early episodes of Adventures in Odyssey, where it's like kids are opening s- themselves up to the occult. You'll see it with Castles and Cauldrons, of course. Boy, howdy, um, will you? Oh, my God. <laughs> instead of this stuff just being like, this mystic stuff is so stupid, full stop, that's just it. Like, it's just like a dumb little thing. Like, fort- is Wit scared of fortune cookies? <laughs> like, yes. Probably. <laughs> Shortbread can't be sanctified, and it can't transubstantiate. Um, <laughs> and, and so... 
Wait, I thought transubstantiation was my thing. I really love the whole, um, what these kids, they're going to be exposed to fortune telling as opposed to Wit's End, which has a fucking Bible room. It's like... <laughs> they have an imagination station where you can go to the future. Are you telling me that that's different from looking into a goddamn crystal ball? You could, that's it, You're showing them. You can go into things. the Bible and talk to the literal witch of Endor and... <laughs> Yeah, at, at least like you, there's a chance like someone reading your fortune is just you know bullshitting you just to get twenty <laughs> bucks out of you. You're sh- legit showing them their future. I think Wit like, saw th- big wait, and he's like, on. oh fuck, all these kids are gonna turn into Tom Hanks. We can't let these machines run wild. There are Ewoks in the no. Bible. Endor is a place in the Levant. You said the I Witch guess. of Endor. Wait, AJ, oh my God! No, this is one of the best stories. This is one that's a little bit more obscure. Like I didn't know it until fourth or fifth grade, but I was going to a Christian school, so we were going to get to it eventually. Saul at one point is getting his ass handed to him by I don't know, probably the Philistines, Amalekites, who knows, Hittites, some something that's like not a thing anymore. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Some kind so of he's like, boy, I sure wish the prophet Samuel were still alive today. And he goes to a witch in this place called Endor. There are, and- there, but to, to answer your question, actually, yes, there are Ewoks there. Sorry, I should, <laughs> I should have clarified that. <laughs> Saul walks in and says, yup, no. So he goes yup, into nope, her little yup, like nope. tent or whatever, and he's just like, hey, could you summon Samuel back up from Sheol? And like... <laughs> get him to help me out and then she's like that sounds a little weird because like you guys don't really like this stuff right he's like but i i'm saul i need this and so she's like okay brings him up and then samuel's like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) i'm circumcised you're not supposed to do that we're come on and come on fuck you and then he goes back down the look off screen wait no god this isn't what it looks like i promise i didn't i didn't ask me to come here no don't send me down there i just wanted to god damn <laughs> Saul goes to hell and you see him down there just like you son of a bitch you're the reason why I'm down here now I was in the middle of the best sex of my life up in heaven you son of a bitch the, but Abraham was giving me a tit job uh, his the, moves were legend that's why they call wait, it Abraham's on. bosom yeah I mean he sucks you off yeah <laughs> <laughs> Was was Abraham getting no, giving. one? Was he no, having... no, no, no. He had these okay. huge moves. Yes. The answer is yes. The guy was yes, like okay, five hundred right. years old. Everything just gets longer. Right. That's true. <laughs> Time and, and Wit is like, oh, this place is so noisy. And then you have these kids in front of Madame Auga get into a fight. And clearly, it's the corrupting influence of Madame Auga <laughs> doing big to them Which, that, that makes name, them fight I'm each sorry. other. But like Auga. we have seen Wit's End, and we like it's the very chaos. first episodes. Children are everywhere. He has two employees, and he's always on the phone with somebody <laughs> at the get Sunday the school. On the phone. And so these kids are always fighting and getting shitty at Wit's End, fighting over the trains, fighting over the Bibles, the Bibles, and whatever. The Bibles in the Bible room? Question mark. <laughs> he just doesn't like that the kids aren't fighting on his. That's right. Time. That's right. It's like yeah, this, Fight club. There's nothing here that seems any different, other than the machines make some more noises, and you can hear Galaga and some Pac-Man in the background. No, you're exactly right. Wits End Fight Club and, when. Wits End Fight and Club. And it's very when. much the uh, <laughs> a similar situation with regard to like these kids are being far more aggressively like proselytized to and shown uh, being exposed to a particular set of expectations or a particular set of a way of life at Wits End than they are at Blackguard's Castle. They're just there to play video games and apparently the Madamauga is so exciting that like he was like, I've been playing it for hours. It's like, how? 
how? You just pull a lever and a thing pops out. Like it's it's just every card at a certain point. It's just like please stop. He just stop. wants to, just wants to collect the whole deck. I have nothing left exactly. to tell you. Just it's, yeah. It's, what do you want to hear? Samuel kid? coming up from Shield, being like, "Send me back down." <laughs> um, but they do uh, then because it's it's Eugene and Wit, right? Who are who are there? And yeah, they leave out onto the street and at this point by the way very nice touch in sound design the way that they fade oh, yeah. down I, the I've, level I've got I've got the this Foley. clip too just the weird little detail that for some reason they took the bus there even though we know Wit has a car he was just using the car <laughs> but they took the bus to Blackard's castle and they decided to walk back oh it's such a nice day hey instead of taking the bus let's walk back to Wit's end what do you say uh, are you sure Mr. Whitaker that's quite a distance for a man of your uh, oh careful careful uh, social position. Oh. <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> Do your best to keep up, will you? Rob looks disgusted. <laughs> the music is so bad disgusted. early on. I, I'm, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, it's a, let's like have a pleasant walk back to Wit's End. And then it implies, oh, we're going to have a full-blown foot right. race back to Wit's End. Because the very next time you hear him, you, you hear Wit's like, oh, this was great. And you hear Eugene just completely out of breath. And I'm like, okay, either Wh- John Avery Whitaker is the million-dollar man at age 65. Correct. Or Eugene Meltzner is just the 50-pound wet weakling it's probably I mean, both. yeah it's, it's probably w- both. did just like, ride a horse out of a barn that was on fire right and by which i mean the horse was on fire and wit <laughs> rode it he's one of the four horsemen it was amazing that he could ride it while fucking it. I think that was that he was the most <laughs> i feel like the reason why they didn't drive the car to blackguard's castles probably in wit's mind was like i'm not gonna waste gasoline going to his place you right. kidding me? Yeah. In this economy? No I'm way. Use the yeah, yeah. one bus line that exists in Odyssey because I and my associates have decided to destroy public transportation over the last 20 years in this town. That's right. But there's I one thinking- that goes between Wits End and Blackard's <laughs> Castle only. <laughs> I actually think that what happened, it's more of a Burns getting on the bus situation in The Simpsons where he walks and I say, grocery store, please. <laughs> and he sits down and accepts it. It works in this case because Wit, Wit just tells the bus driver's like, yes, sir, Mr. Right. Whitaker. Yeah. And just like his own little personal chauffeur. Meanwhile, you have the guy that's like, dude, can you, my, bu- my stop was Wit. <laughs> you'll, you'll go where I tell you to. Every, every time, man. Uh, but I. This uh, is why I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> That's not why you're getting a divorce. I'm why you're getting a divorce. Uh, I don't know why my this, wit sounds yeah, like. Yeah, what was that? Like an old timey prospector. I, I, I can't know. do my, my brain went to that being a horse that he was fucking. I don't know. <laughs> See, wit turned into Ronald Reagan out of nowhere. Yeah, right? Like, oh God. It's um, me. But so, let's Will, so let's uh, let's. Well, Jana. Um, meanwhile, Richard <laughs> is continuing to pump Lucy for information about applesauce, and now Blaggard is grilling Poor choice him. Of about why he has not been more aggressive. He's convinced that this little girl must have more information. Richard says something like, oh, you want to know about applesauce? And he says, no, I want to know about the price of soda syrup. <laughs> like, Regis is not pissed uh, off because his plan is taking too long. He's mad that Lucy, this one child, right? just keeps getting free sodas and snacks. Like, he is this close to breaking into Wit's End and getting a hold of this thing that he's been trying to get to 
for half a decade, and the only thing standing in his way is that he's a little grumpy that this girl keeps drinking a few free sodas. <laughs> he's like, he's going to cut it all off. After he just gave out free ice cream to everyone. To everyone. <laughs> right. Like everyone. What, what kind of business relies on giving free ice cream to they, everyone? Then, um, Richard uh, reveals that there's actually a modem at wit's end that they can dial into that will give them access to basically the mainframe. I got a friend down at the phone company. Richard. I'm in no mood for guessing games. What is it? All right, all right. I thought you had a sense of humor. Uh, I checked with this friend of mine, and he told me that Whitaker has a modem hooked up to his computer. A modem? You mean one of those devices that connects a computer to the phone? The police, that's who you are. (laughs) That is no good unless we know the number. Ta-da. Oh, Richard, I knew you'd come through. Of course. How soon can we get a modem hooked up? The question of the hour. And for the answer, I simply open the office door and voila. (laughs) I already hooked one up. All we got to do is dial. This clip was brought to you by AT and T. Seriously, what the fuck? See, so this is like episode eighty three. So we're we're still in nineteen eighty nine. I think. So this is this is pretty new technology, at least to an ordinary person. Dawn of the internet. Yeah, I mean, you can go like five years later and still see like the hosts of Good Morning America go, what's an email? We have an email address. But for some reason, Wit has made his server has made has made the server that hosts Applesauce publicly available to anyone who dials into the modem. There's no firewall. There's no nothing. If you if you dial into the server, you can control the entire thing for some reason. Just like how Mabel doesn't have a password. Or he doesn't have applesauce even hidden away slightly. Baffling. Oh, well, I'm convinced at that point, Wit has a monopoly on the entire phone industry <laughs> in Odyssey. Probably does. To where, oh no, he doesn't have to because no one else has a computer yeah. in Odyssey. Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah. though, that's an interesting point because, <clears throat> I mean, that's why he's always on the phone. Yeah, right. No one's ever heard of a modem until suddenly Richard Maxwell from out of town comes in and brings this magic Rob, to I think, that's, I think that's a really good point because it's it, like a cargo cult. Yeah. Thro- and it, that's yes, what I'm saying. One of the things that is, especially in these early seasons, the thing they keep hitting over the head over and over and over again is like, you know, this technology, this technology, it's no good for the kids. But for some reason, when wit is the one controlling the technology, it's fucking mint. But otherwise, right. and yeah. it's, it's a problem. so funny because, too, like at wit's end, everything is always on the fritz, which as a kid, I thought that I was missing something. Like there was a story element. Maybe it was being sabotaged or Eugene had used applesauce or something like that. You know, like that's what when Connie first uses applesauce is because everything's getting fucked up all of a sudden and she goes to the computer room to try and fix it but I mean mostly that's just a contrivance on the part of the writers to get her in the room but on the other hand it's like yeah what do you expect to happen when it's 1989 and you've computerized the blenders at your fucking ice cream shop <laughs> Like your entire shop yeah. is computerized? Are you insane? Well, Whit, you don't even do that today. He was the original pioneer of the Internet of Things. <laughs> he was the Elon Musk of 1989. That's, that's right, Rob. Uh, my other theory is that applesauce is Skynet. Is is applesauce Skynet? Because it feels applesauce like it might is be. Skynet. No, it's, it's weirdly it's worse than that, AJ. It I, is. What, it, what's worse? Skynet gave us terminators. Are you well, saying there's something worse than a terminator, Brian? Uh, <laughs> I, I think I could say that applesauce may or may not be linked to existing war crimes. 
Um, it's it, it was definitely like a DARPA. Oh, it was DARPA yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's basically well, and and you finally hear Wit admit that uh, too. They get so they get in. Richard Maxwell successfully gets into Applesauce through the modem, and they fire up Applesauce. It gets to level one. Wits and Stark's freaking out because that's what happens at level one of Applesauce, and then they get locked out at level two. We then then actually Lucy uh, overhears. Uh, Maxwell and Blaggard talking about applesauce and in this whole like, you know, you got to pump that kid for more information. And um, this is after Lucy talks to Joe at the front counter. Right. Joe, Joe. Huh? Oh, hi, Lucy. I suppose you want another drink. No, thank you. Have you seen Richard? I need to talk to him. Uh, He's downstairs in Blaggard's office. Thanks. You thirsty Uh, piece of shit. They want to be destroyed, though. (laughs) <laughs> you dumb floozy, you want another drink? You come in here for nothing? How did you this guy end up in You know the price is soda syrup? Listen, you come in here, I'm trying to watch the Mets. You coming in here, you're asking me what's going on with Mr. Blaggett. I don't know what's going on with Mr. Blaggett. I'm just trying to watch the fucking Mets he game. He doesn't kid. pay me to know. We're in the middle of a prohibition. You want to come in here, just loudly start asking for drinks? What kind of shit are you running right now? I like right to think now? that Joe is the Blackguard's castle jimmy i think he is he's also like in a in a different labyrinth that for some reason is a lot less dangerous once once they're hacked in um they're able to send a power surge so wit is at wit's end everything's gone on the fritz just the way it does when you fire up applesauce the first time then there's a local power outage just of the imagination station and then they try to do a surge and there's never any point where wit thinks Maybe the problem is in my computer room behind my office. No, he just thinks something's wrong. I better go dismantle the imagination station. Well, it also sounds like all the children are massacred uh, when they when they when they start applesauce. The fully it sounds like people running and screaming. There's like electrical stuff happening. Like that that blender is like chopping someone in half. And I just wanted mint and chips. It's the climax of Beauty and the Beast that happens to all of those children. Just clones start popping out of the imagination station. You see the ghost of Samuel walk up like, God damn it, again! How do they keep bringing me back? And so when 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 they send this power surge then, at that point, Lucy is actually in the imagination station. Like, hey, Wit, I need to warn you. Let me sit Let me down go in into here the imagination second. station to tell you about this. And, and yeah, the, <laughs> the, the jolt goes to the imagination station. No, it fully explodes. She briefly <laughs> right. goes to hell. So meets yeah, Samuel. Richard Maxwell has turned the imagination station into an IED. <laughs> Nearly murders Lucy because Blackard's like, you need to send the power surge. We're going to kill right. Wit. He's right. like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, gotta go fast. The way that we close out part one is basically Sheriff Bill, question mark, shows up. <laughs> new cop. New guy. New cop in town. That's a new guy. That's fucking confirmed. New cop just dropped. <laughs> so Sheriff Bill announces that he's going to need to conduct an investigation and shut down Wit's end. But Wit's like, well, I was going to do that anyway. I was going to conduct an investigation of my own. And so then the... the he's like, okay. It's like, fine, Okay. <laughs> He's got a monopoly yeah. on yeah, this and town. It's, it's very clear once we get into the next episode that finger. Wit is the He's only one the doing the investigation. It. It's right. not both. It's not an internal and a police thing. He's like, oh, no, John Avery no. Whitaker is going to handle the mind-beaming machine that he shoves children into, which just blew up and has thrown a child into a coma. He's going to investigate. It. It's going to be fine. It's, yeah. <laughs> which, like, I, here's the thing. I know that the dude is, like, former government, but 
I've seen Ghostbusters. I've seen wh- what happens when you have a machine of that magnitude. You're going right. to draw attention to yourself, man. Even yep. if, even even like without all that, you're openly advertising right. a time machine in and your yeah, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Like worst case scenario, you open up a hellmouth. Best case scenario, it still doesn't matter. That kid got fucking electrocuted. There's a crater where half where your house are, used to be. How did the feds well, not get involved? The they're involved. It's because they're because right. we get to the whole encyclopedia thing. And he's like, oh, by the way, my encyclopedia company is a CIA front. Right. Uh, just in case you didn't we, know. We, we pretty quickly learn. And that's fine. So <laughs> Richard Maxwell is now furious with Blaggard yeah. after he learns about, you know, the fact that rather than uh, knocking out wit, uh, this power surge uh, injured Lucy and uh, Blackguard uh, actually continues to then, in this case, blackmail R- Richard Maxwell. He keeps, you know, uh, ramping up the pressure in, in Wit's own internal audit, which has no external oversight <laughs> whatsoever. Um, he finally mm-hmm. uh, figures out that, yeah, maybe Eugene gives him the idea that, oh, maybe it could have been somebody from the outside. Maybe it could have been a hacker. Maybe we should check the logs. At this point, then we finally do learn the truth about why Applesauce was created, which yep. so uh, I got it. You better sit down. Well, to start off with, you know that Wits End is not the only business I own. Oh, yes, sir. You are the chairman of the board and chief stockholder of the Universal Press Foundation, an encyclopedia publisher whose subsidiaries include... Oh, no, we don't have to go into all that. Oh, yes, sir. Anyway, several years ago, uh, Press was approached by members of our government to create a computer program that would aid in the national security and defense. Really? Because of my inventing background, I was deeply involved in the My inventing background. You mean it's a classic background. <laughs> yes. So that's why you didn't want us to know anything about it. All right. Also, can we talk about how, particularly in this scene, Wit sounds like Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> I had a big old phobia of that show, particularly of the theme song. I don't know about y'all, especially the original show. And uh, when they re-released all of them on Amazon, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back and watch and see it. And as soon as that opening theme started, I'm like, nope, not, no, I am, I am, I am 31 years old and I'm still (laughs) mortified by this. So hearing him do that, that Robert Stack impression in that scene, I'm like, (laughs) so, so Wit, does he? Did Wit go to college? Yeah, yeah inventing. invention college. <laughs> yeah, but like his background in inventing. But it, like, did he get a degree? He, in anything? he has a bachelor's in inventing. <laughs> I just, I, th- I think they they seem to equate inventing with a very specific science. But I don't like. What did he specialize inventing. in? Like, is it is it computers? Yeah, is it okay? Inventing. He, he okay. invented. It's cool. inventing. I don't know what's hard about this to understand. Everything. Let Everything me about this is hard. Here's what I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll to this look so up hard. real quick it, for it, you. Yeah, it may be hard, but it's you know all things are still possible through the Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's like kid science. You know, you're sitting <laughs> there like science. as a kid, like, oh, I'm yeah. going to invent this, and and you invent it, and you're like, oh, cool. Oh, is it microbiology? Ah, I don't know. Just Apple, applesauce is a profoundly stupid name for a supercomputer. In the Adventures of cartoon series. Uh, this this doesn't appear in the radio series at all. But Wit has invented a flying machine. Oh yeah, like a like a no. bike. It's like a like boat a with Vinci, balloons like, yeah. and propellers. He, he invents the Zeppelin in 1991, and he flies it around Odyssey. Which did you invent it or did you just build it? 
He didn't invent the balloon, my guy. These well, are filled with the gas of tomorrow. Good old-fashioned hydrogen. Um, I think this is also another time to point out to, to you, AJ, just to help keep driving you insane about who Wit is. He's uh-huh. also an archaeologist. No. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, he is. I did just look it up, by the way. Um, He went to Duke and USC. That's canon. USC. Oh, of course he went to USC. Wait, hang on, hang on. Can can you cross reference to see if that's where Dr. James yep, Dobson yep. also went to college? Yep. <laughs> not Duke, but USC. Yeah. There you go. I wonder where I, the Duke I could not in. say, but Oh, he's just a big John Wayne fan. Oh, I Blackard's see. motivations are as cloudy and vague as they could possibly be, right? All we mainly know about mm. him this whole time is I want applesauce. <laughs> and <laughs> that's my favorite. That's I think that's but my favorite. Remember also that Reed just tried to get a hold of Wits End or or the uh, recreation center that has become Wits End. <laughs> he still wants yes. that. Is it sitting on a hellmouth? Like what is warmer? Um, we'll get there. So the program is very important. Uh, a thing about Wits End that is probably below Wits End is also important. Um, okay. But then also Blackard is just fine with like, eh, while we're at it, we could just kill Wit. Uh, like, I don't really have right. a reason to do that. But while we're here, <laughs> let's just go for that. Like, he's just he's perfectly fine just sabotaging the blenders or whatever, which I think. And this comes back to to the question of motivation right. again and, and why for me, at least as defined here, the motivation definitely doesn't quite ring true. It's, it's, yes, he wants applesauce. Yes, applesauce is apparently a top secret uh, government program that he was so good at inventing that he was able to come up with. I was able to invent a program as an Presumably inventor. Presumably under the auspices of DARPA or something along those lines. DARPA. Which, by the way, um, would make this program U.S. government property, which makes it really weird that Spoiler alert, at the end of this episode, he deletes applesauce. That's going to be a problem. I mean, but you have to wonder, though, is this the only copy of the program? They've also installed it in nanobots in Solid Snake. And he's already (laughs) headed to Outer Heaven. Right. The Dark Chief. Regis Blackard. I mean, I mean. Applesauce. (laughs) I I like how they just don't simply say, oh, no, he's a coder. Right. He's not just a computer programmer. No, it's he has an inventing background. He's a code monkey. Yeah. He's Yeah. yeah, you're like, okay. Although when you say that, oh, Wit's a code monkey, suddenly everything about him yeah. makes sense. He loves Fritos and Tab and Mountain like, Dew. He gets up, he gets coffee, he goes to he, job. Like, only a code monkey would have an imagination station, a Bible room, and Which an ice also, cream parlor like, in the same house. completely negates the usefulness of Eugene in every way. Because right. like, they brought Eugene in to be oh, yeah. the sciency egghead, and then they're like, what if we also just made Wit do that now? I mean, the writers just... They, they couldn't help themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they wanted to do some cloak and dagger shit so bad. <laughs> and so and they couldn't figure out a make a way to mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out a way to quite make it fit. Yeah. So they were just like, fuck it. We're going to have wit do everything. I mean, I mean, wit is clearly James Dobson's power yeah. fantasy. Well, and that's that's part of why yeah. the Blackguard saga ends on a much more interesting note, because that is a point in time where wit is not around because it's when they're shopping around for their replacements. So you have these different jobs delegated out to different people like Jason or Jack or Eugene when before they would have just been wit. Well, and that's that's actually that's very interesting because now I'm thinking, what if Blackguard had come in and killed wit? <laughs> like had actually succeeded in blowing him up. And how much more interesting would the rest of this 
season B or the rest of the show yeah. be if you didn't have wit at its well, center. And that's the thing. It does uh, become more interesting. Yeah. And it becomes more mature in a lot of ways. Once there's still gone. parts of it that are, that are silly and oh, like, yeah. you know, just in some just straight up goofy writing. But I think something that's so interesting about these episodes in the way that they're written in the way that it all comes across is like for the longest time, they thought that adventures in Odyssey was the show about wit. And ultimately that's still what it is. Well, it kind of feels like The Simpsons, right? How the weakest episodes of that show are when it's just yeah. about Homer doing a job. And it doesn't really have like the whole family like delineating or having their own little like side. Well, and the best episode of The Simpsons go all around Springfield. There's nothing wrong with having a show about one particular person. It's the problem I have with it is just there's no room to grow because wit in the eyes of yeah. the show is already yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's true. He can't right. do wrong. I mean, there are moments of of doubt with him, and sometimes he does do things, but it's always on the other person that they have to fix themselves yeah. right. in order for Wit to uh-huh. accept them. It's never it's never Wit having this this epiphany yeah. moment. And when you have realizing that perfect oh, character, they have to be off to the side. Like you can't you can't have the West Wing be about the president because he's the perfect no. character on the West Wing. Right. Until he commits every war yes. crime. <laughs> because it's just not interesting. It's like there's no there's no yeah. character development. We've it's if, if it's the same thing every week that, oh, it's wit just going to be handing out handy advice like cool. But wit has amazing. <laughs> handy advice. He sucks you off. He sucks you off. He what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, speaking of bleak. Uh, that Lucy Connie reunion oh, boy. Uh, so, is Yeah, she's in the hospital. She's been unconscious for days. Uh, her parents just don't visit her. It's just Connie and Wit alternating. <laughs> and, and then Richard shows up in Lucy's hospital room. Just Again, how is any of this happening? Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to talk to Mr. Whitaker. I need to tell him about everything, especially about Richard Maxwell. Somebody mentioned my name? Richard! Hi, kiddo. Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's nice to see an actual human side of him. I feel like up until this point, especially with Blaggard, who is portrayed, again, so melodramatically, that to have a genuine moment of his... I mean, even though, yeah, up until this point, he's been manipulating the hell out of Lucy... There is a moment of like, I, I, I do care. I'm not a good guy. And he freely admits that, like, I'm not a good yeah. man. Like, and, and of course, you know, Lucy's begging him, just come clean to wit, come clean to wit. And he's like, no, I'm I can't do that. But I promise you, I can fix the situation. And you can genuinely hear a level of sincerity yeah. to it, where yeah. which is like probably the first the first sincere thing he mm-hmm. has said this entire story arc. Mm-hmm. So to have that moment of like uh, of self-actualization, of self-realization, that to me, like feels like a solid arc that that feels like, yeah, is it does it feel a little a little rushed? Sure. But you kind of get it from the end of, you know, when him him saying, hey, I don't want to turn this program on. You're going to hurt somebody Mm -hmm. to this moment here. You you actually do see kind of a disillusionment happen with him and. A, a bit of remorse. No, he's not seeking divine retribution. He's not yeah. seeking to be forgiven. He's seeking on his own personal morality scale 
to fix the situation to get his yeah. because he doesn't like not being in charge on of the his one life. hand he you know is being blackmailed by a uh, blackguard and because of that um he knows that if he tries to do anything uh he will be basically fucked you know he's yeah. gonna get smacked with the long arm yeah. of the law on the other hand if he tries to come clean ra- rather than trying to like do anything even surreptitiously uh, against Blaggard if he tries to fully come clean, you know, throw himself on the mercy of of John Avery Whitaker, basically, <laughs> in the police state none. that he controls in Odyssey. Um, that's not going to work out well for him either. Kid, because I own the police. Exactly. And 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 also, like, you know, Wit, Wit is certainly uh, merciful at times, but not when it comes to people who he has a grudge against. He's very much merciless oh, yeah. in those cases. So he doesn't have anywhere to go. If, if, if you don't yeah. worship Christ, you are screwed. So, so Richard comes back to the castle. And we get Blackard in in this fantastic one-sided fin call. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, listen. I want you to line up as many buyers as you can possibly get in touch with. <laughs> Tell them this applesauce program is the most fantastic thing they've ever seen. And to make sure they bring lots of money. <laughs> one million dollars. <laughs> I love that. It's, I'm like, I don't again, know if you've ever been like, to an auction. Yes, uh, anyone will want to buy this. It's just so good, but it actually has a very specific application, right? And like, it's maybe Darp this attack. is just it's, his it's... guy who handles the war crimes uh, purchases. Yeah. But like, the only the only <laughs> application like... program like this again. This is this is developed for the Department of Defense, presumably, and so its only application is um, for sale to state governments. You and, can't and just, like, call a guy. More specifically, its application is directly related to the land that Wits End sits on. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay, sell it to some Albanian somewhere. <laughs> as long as they bring lots of money. Lots, <laughs> lots of and lots money. of money. Which I'm like, you gotta wonder, do people just show up to auctions with just giant Halliburtons <laughs> of cash? <laughs> Like as far as I'm concerned, it just even back in in eighty nine ninety, it was just wire transfers. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, you go to the yeah. Western Union. Oh, I, I this is all the money I have. Take it or leave it. <laughs> oh, I have brought ten more dollars. Well, shit. I guess I'm screwed. Welcome to the applesauce auction. Did you bring your duffel bags? <laughs> and then who should arrive but our dear old uh, Richard Maxwell, right. who say who claims to have the password? Yeah. For applesauce. And I like what you were saying, Rob, is that, you know, Richard Maxwell is going to handle this in a way that only Richard Maxwell can. And I think especially in Protestant evangelical culture, we talk about like spiritual gifts, like the specific talents that someone has to further the kingdom of the Lord, to do good in this world. And Richard realizes that his spiritual gift is arson. (laughs) The Lord yeah. has yep. put him on this earth for one purpose, and he used it for evil, but That's now he's going to use it for good. shit to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and uh, ultimately this program uh, in this password is not applesauce. It turns out that it's something that Richard programmed to destroy all of the computers and arcade systems yep. and also set the building on fire, question yep. mark? While both of them are in yep. it. He's like, he's so <laughs> off the deep end. He's like, I could just set this place on fire, but no, I'm going to make Regis do it. 
It's a kamikaze While mission. we're both in the building together, I might die. I don't fucking care. But that's the yeah. brilliant thing, though, because he technically didn't right. yeah. do it. Yeah. He, he he made sure that it was Blaggard the one was the one that pulled the trigger on it. So technically, his hands are clean in the situation. I love how quickly Blaggard escalates this too. To well, now you're going to die. Yeah, right. Like, he, takes, he just he takes. This is also an Adventures in Odyssey recurring thing. He takes the Zapazoids cabinet. Zapazoids is the this video game that they always sort of return to, like morally it's cigarettes. It's yeah. just Galaga. And uh, okay, so he's like, "Yep, yeah, you're gonna get crushed under Zapazoids." And this right. whole place is going to burn down. Just you, and I'm going to go down into the basement and disappear. Just, Remember that for later, kids. Just that kids. part of the basement that you disappear from. Right. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, okay. And, and Wit finds himself... So what we're saying is there is a Lovecraftian god that lives underneath yeah. mm-hmm. Odyssey. Yeah, more than one, I think. I think there's a separate one under Blackard's castle than the one that's under Wit's end. And... Because, well, yeah, it's definitely you have Nyra Lethotep <laughs> underneath... <laughs> Uh, Blagger's Castle, and you have uh, Haster or Cthulhu <laughs> underneath Wits And end. so, who comes in but John Avery Whitaker? And for the second time in 24 hours, <laughs> sprinting headlong into a fire. <laughs> also, how is Wit here? He took the bus, Brian. Yeah, yeah how, how far is the hospital from Blaggard's Castle? Well, it's a straight line for wherever Wit's going to where he's going to end up, um, because he has control of the bus system. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he just hails a bus. <laughs> yeah. He tells the bus driver where to go. We've established yeah. this. Bus driver. It's like that scene in the shadow, like his, his red ring lights up. He's like, oh, and I it's, gotta it's go. It's the same guy from before, and he's just one stop away from his house. And he's like, oh, fuck. God like, he's literally, like, they, like, the bus just stopped. And he's like, he just got up, and he floors it. And he's just like, God. He looks out the window, and he sees, and he sees. His, his wife his... is, like, with luggage in her hand, lugging it and putting it in the car, shoving the kids in the back. No, I, God. Rachel, Rachel, the horse with a fedora on her head, just gets out of the car and just shakes her head as he drives by and nods in a way that says, I'm going to fuck your wife. Oh, what can I say? He sucks you off. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, so I, I love I love that Wit then says after he after he does miraculously save the life of Richard Maxwell, your life is worth saving. Mm. Uh, and it's because you burned down my rival's building. It's such a godfather power it's move. It's, yeah, it's like, like mm, you know, you've done me this, this I, service. I hold all of the mercy yeah. and judgment in this town, and today I've chosen mercy. But right. who knows what tomorrow will bring? <laughs> Um, and, and Richard's going to go to prison. Uh, he does go to prison. We, we, we will have another episode where he reappears after getting out of prison. Um, Holy shit. But he's a teenager. He gets tried. <laughs> Wit, Wit calls up the judge and he's like, yeah, we know he's a kid, but, you know, some kids are just uh, more mature than others. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so the episode... Uh, I think I think that's it in terms of uh, plot, and then it ends with Chris. Well, well we deletes uh, applesauce with. Oh, he deletes Wits, applesauce. Wits, uh, applesauce gets deleted. Wit's end is going to open back up, and then Wit prays. It is a right. whole full prayer, and then Chris's wrap up is what, what is it? It's she's just like it's Romans, baby. She, this just goes to show that 
God loves us. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Chris does is she what? ties it because at the beginning of the battle, mm. uh, Chris quotes uh, Romans 8, 28, That's which right. is, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, yeah. And it's amazing to me that I forgot briefly while listening to the battle that this was a show about Christianity <laughs> and how much better a show Odyssey is when it leaves out Christianity entirely. Yeah. And it just becomes these character studies like, you know, for Richard Maxwell's redemption arc, yeah. which I thought was actually pretty compelling. Again, Blackguard's Castle is an arcade. It's the big loud thing where kids can just get whatever they want rather than kids just being kids. Um, there's no punishment, there's no discipline, there's no telling them what to do. They get into fights and then they get free ice cream. And how this is really the villain. It's, it's sort of just the front, but it's there to be the indicator of this is how fucked up this guy is. He's corrupting the youth of this town. He is a... It's like he watched Pinocchio and saw yeah. Stromboli's <laughs> Island and he's like, this, this, you can't yeah. have this or your kids are going to turn right. into donkeys. You can't right. have so this. So the very presence of video games, the very presence of the occult and the very the presence occult. of, uh, of, of that positive reinforcement only thing becomes the villain. And there's almost something to that, to be honest, right? Because... It's it's a synthesis of this idea of the 80s that was 100% engineered by Ronald Reagan, yeah. where children are a consumer demographic now, right? They removed the advertising restrictions yeah. for children so they could make cartoons, entire shows like G.I. Joe, Transformers, all that shit that's just mm -hmm. meant to sell you a toy and nothing else. It's just right, like right. buy things, buy things. And of course you do that not by haranguing children or disciplining them. You do that through constant positive reinforcement. You will feel better. You will have mm. more fun. You will know more than your parents. But where focus yeah. on the family's writers draw that line is just right there. It's the, oh, they're just teaching children to be insubordinate rather than they're actually decaying like these children's minds by making them think as little as they can about right. anything ever when really they should be thinking as little as they can, but in favor of the Lord. <laughs> and also we should hit them. The idea of play is so, is so crucial to like what they set up as being the dichotomy here too, right? There's yeah. creative imaginative play, which wits end theoretically encourages, which is what you get from listening to the radio and making the pictures in your head. Exactly. And then there is the, uh, more passive, less imaginative play of watching a movie or playing a video game or doing those sorts of things. And in this dichotomy, there's no room for the possibility of games that actually, when you play them, it is an experience in and of yeah. itself that is enjoyable and is memorable for some way. And, you know, maybe yeah. maybe it's not just the game. Maybe it's also part of the experiences that you are playing games with your friends. You know, mm -hmm. none of this is a possibility in this world because there are exactly two things that you can do. <laughs> you can have a place that's great for kids where they can use their imaginations and it's wonderful. And there's a place where their minds can go to rot because of the passivity implied in any form of electronic entertainment whatsoever. I was gonna say I think I think the on a macro level with a lot of this show it's it's again everything is yeah. black and white there are no gray areas in Odyssey yeah. it either is or it isn't there you have John Avery Whitaker and you have Doctor Blaggard you have order with wits end and you right. have chaos at Blaggard's castle right. it that, that's essentially what it boils down to that's what yeah. you have if you want to be good in the eyes of the Lord there must be order and goodness at all times. 
You cannot suffer chaos. You cannot suffer any of these other things, lest you be tempted towards evil. I think that's ultimately what I think I like about Richard Maxwell. He's the yeah. gray area, but he does kind of start pushing himself towards the light. But again, you can't have that in Odyssey. You, right. You, you, you cannot. It has to be you either are or you aren't. Yeah. And, and, and AJ has made this point before. If you ever stray in any way, you have to be punished. Yes. And Ri- yes. Richard Maxwell's redemption arc is not that he burns Blackguard's castle to the ground. And, and it shouldn't be. I mean, the man is a pedophile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not just an arsonist. He's a pedophile, too. <laughs> the, the arc has to be right. Wit says, like, you're going to have to face up for your shit. You're going to have to go to prison. You are going to have to be punished no matter what you do. Every time you stray... There has to be not a corrective, but an actual punishment that comes to you. Well, and that actually leads to a very interesting question. Uh, and Rob, while we still have yeah. you here, I would love if you could try and tackle this one. Being an expert on villains, uh, hearing what Brian just described, uh, where does wit fit into your villain scale? <laughs> because I think he is a deeply terrible villain. But, terrible as uh, in not interesting or terrible as in like, Morally. Maliciously evil. A villain expert. That's funny. <laughs> um, Wit as a villain. I mean, I, I mean, I th- we've been joking a lot about it tonight, and I feel like I'll preface this by saying I uh, there a lot of my character, I think, was built around this show. I think a lot of of a lot of morality that I have even today, I was definitely something you know, I, I picked up from listening to the show and was reinforced growing up. To me, it, it led to a lot of positive childhood experiences. That being said, John Avery Whitaker, the fact that he has no oversight whatsoever mm-hmm. And that he has no one to answer to except the Lord. <laughs> like he, he's borderline the Pope. Yeah, he, and I wouldn't. Argue, I would say he is. He is yeah. basically the Pope of Odyssey. He's got those Neapolitans. He, he, like, yeah. The, the police chief can't touch him. The police nope. chief can't nope. touch him at all. When they're like, "Oh, we're gonna launch an investigation." No, 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 no. I'm gonna also do this. But by me saying I'm going to do this, that supersedes any sort of investigation. You right, yourself. Right. a phone call to Langley, to and they're like, "Yeah, you gotta step back." <laughs> <in this." laughs> he has government contracts, and I'm, I'm about to say, I'm about to say a hot take here. He's, he's got government contracts. He's got this inventing background. <laughs> he's got his way with the almighty powers he has his own sovereign borderline castle john avery whitaker is dr doom (laughs) john avery whitaker legit is a fantastic four villain we're lucky i mean apart from yeah you know we we job about him you know messing around with younger people but even then like I feel like he's still a good dude at the end of the day. He he does have a good heart. Yeah, very harsh at times, but he does he does mean yeah. well. If he didn't mean well, if he legitimately was a freaking awful human being, uh, that town would be just a, 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 a he would be yeah. a despot. Like full blown, there would be that town would be full blown Latvia. Focus on the family doesn't believe in material conditions, right? They believe that like corrupting influences are cultural things like video arcades, not like poverty or something like that. That's going to make children. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But you're right. Like wit is a good person simply because he has the Lord and he chooses to be good. And that's what Focus on the Family believes. They believe that what you really need is the Lord and the choice 
to to do good and that a society should not implement material limits on people who have too much power. And wit has absolutely too much power. And you can see how oh, that yeah. philosophy has, you know, it's more obvious in the Catholic Church because everything gets centralized and it's all been recorded. But this has been such a big problem in the evangelical church with the way people abuse their power. Um, I, I was, I've actually just been listening to Christianity Today's podcast about the rise and fall of uh, Mark Driscoll's Mars Hill Church, which I recommend, because that's just what's going to happen. You're not going to be able to count on having a wit. You're not going to be able to count on having a guy whose intentions are pure at heart just because he loves the Lord. If you have built a society like Focus on the Family wants to build where someone like John Avery Whitaker, a rich person with government contracts who just wants to sell you ice cream and tell you about the Bible, he just shouldn't have any oversight. No one should be there that puts him in check in any way. Well, and I, I think there's a quote from True Detective that I think rings true, especially mm. with him. I don't know if you all ever watched oh, yeah. season one of True Detective. It's an incredible show if you haven't mm -hmm. seen it. Um, but there's a quote from that uh, where McConaughey's character, they're sitting there at this, they're at this tent revival. And he and his partner are having this back and forth about, you know, whether they mm. believe in Christianity, things like that. McConaughey's character goes, um, if the only thing keeping a person decent is the expectation of divine reward, then brother, that person is a piece of shit. <laughs> And I just you, you think about that. And I think that there are some genuinely good people out there mm -hmm. that are Christian that are trying to mm -hmm. do the right thing at the end of the day by the right people. And I, I will forever applaud people that simply just are doing things because it's the right thing to do and because that's what they believe. That being said, there is an overwhelming and I mean, it's not just Christianity. I think it's just radicals in general that, that take the word and use it to their own benefit, essentially breaking one of the first one of the Ten Commandments of using the Lord's name in vain mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just feel like Brian and I've kind of talked about this on like outside of the podcast, but the, the very first couple of seasons, yeah, there were some moments of subtly hitting you over the head with some level of evangelical whatnot. Pro like it all felt like, Oh, you should think about, you should think for yourself, really kind of do your own research on things. Make sure you're, you're coming to terms with it. Do it because that you feel right doing it. It wasn't until like after the original wit actor passed well, on really after the second, it was wit too. Yeah. 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 That the show just like full blown, the mask dropped and it just got yeah. awful. Just, just the most heinous shit that came out of that show. And it yeah. breaks my heart, honestly, because you, some of my fondest memories as a kid were of listening to yeah. that show. And to hear where the show, like we, we we were talking about an episode. Apparently, they had some. There was one that dealt with some kind of a pride festival. Yeah, so that's what in that's, Odyssey. that's from like three or four years ago. You know, very recent episode. Yeah, and it's a whole serialized like fourteen parter. And he got arrested <laughs> by the PC police. <laughs> oh, and you sit there and you and you and you hear about this, and you're like, that's not wit. Yeah, that's not the wit that I know. That's that's not the Odyssey that I know. Odyssey is is yeah. is Mayberry. Odyssey is the is the small main street town. But that that's I kind grew of a problem, right? Like I come back and now listening to some of this stuff again, it, the veneer, the the, 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 the rose tinted yeah. nostalgia glasses kind of go away when you start to hear what is actually oh, yeah. being said in the worldview. What? That's mostly well, my but fault. But that's it's also not. helpful, like bringing in new eyes, but also just like, yeah, seeing it as an adult and seeing it at a time where the evangelical movement has kind of hit the point it wanted to hit, which was getting Donald Trump to be the president. Yeah, they apparently. won. They won. <laughs> where do you go from there? Yeah. 
I was reading an NPR article where they were saying that the whole QAnon thing is just like a second coming yeah. of the satanic panic. And I'm like, you're yeah. not wrong yeah. there. Especially like with the whole with people talking about like the pedophile rings and whatnot of Pizzagate and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, it is the satanic panic again. And in, in full force. Right. And force. then they've also gamified it is QAnon's big right. thing is that they've given them a mystery to solve. Yeah. And, and know, now everybody has a modem. Well, so so a a modem you mean the ring that connects your computer to the phone? <laughs> well, that, I think nice. that's a great uh, point to, to, to take this off of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rob, do you have things that you want to plug? When is Villainology coming back? It's going to be coming back next month, um, so keep an eye out on our socials uh, at Villainology Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, I've got a couple shows coming up. There's a, a D&D musical that I've been kind Whoa. of helping cultivate uh, over the past year uh, called Off the Beaten Path, and we have a reading of that coming up August 21st, uh, I believe, uh, is our all next. Right. Uh, you can go on OBP Musical. Uh, you can look that up on all socials. Uh, it's very good. It's a choose-your-own-adventure style musical. Wow. Um, where the audience gets to periodically throughout the show. It's all done over Zoom. It's completely free. You come up with choices periodically throughout the show. It's like, okay, what do you want to have the characters do? Do you want to have them do are this? Are there entire songs that are different then? Yes, there oh, are. Wow. There, there are several <laughs> different... Holy like shit. <laughs> Yeah, where like I mean, there are scenes that have to happen, but like yeah. the person will sing this song instead of this song. Say say one more and, time uh, what it's called. It's called Off the Beaten Path. Okay. Or yeah. if you're looking on socials, it's OBP Musical. We'll put it on our show notes. But other than that, uh, this was this was great, y'all. Thank you for having Fine me. Come on. Thank you, Rob, for being on here. As always, I am the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And let's hope you don't do any war crimes with uh, applesauce. <laughs> Or suck off any horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds. Well, that's it for us this time. Again, very special thank you to Rob Mobley for coming on here and for you listening at home. Please check out Villainology Podcast and Off the Beaten Path. It's a lot of fun. And we've got the links to Rob's stuff in the description for this episode. As always, we are brought to you by our sponsors, which are not a many-nippled pope from whom we get all of our Neapolitan ice cream, but rather our patrons at Patreon, which include Aeneas Hemphill, Ari Rodriguez, Ben Ferber, Benjamin R. Alford, Bill, Dominic Russo, Nate Netsley, Octavia Immersive, Trevor Strunk, with special thanks to Ashley Stoneman, Nikola Donov, and Sam Borman. All right, stay strong in your walk with the Lord, my friends. 